You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. My guest today is Dr. Heather Moday, a board-certified allergist and immunologist, as well as an integrative and functional medicine physician. Through her practice, the Moday Center, she works to empower people to reclaim their health through comprehensive lifestyle programs, which focus on reversing chronic disease as well as creating optimum health. Well, we are here today to discuss her book, The Immunotype Breakthrough, your personalized plan to balance your immune system, optimize health, and build lifelong resilience. So it's time to learn how to balance your immune system. So let's welcome my esteemed guest today, Dr. Heather Moday. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Ward. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Well, you're very welcome. And let me ask you this. What did you see in your practice that inspired you to write your book, The Immunotype Breakthrough? Well, you know, as a functional medicine doctor, I see all types of patients, but most of my clients are coming in with, you know, sort of difficult to uh, manage diseases or autoimmune problems, maybe uh, issues that their regular doctors aren't really um, helping them with. Um, you know, they're frustrated with taking medication, so they're looking for an alternative. And, um, you know, so I, I tend to get a lot of people who have immune dysregulation, I would say, because, you know, they're inflamed, they have allergies, they've got chronic GI issues, autoimmune problems. And so, you know, having that come into my office all the time, um, you know, I was really looking for um, other options for people. And with functional medicine, we have a lot of tools in our, our toolbox. Um, but with this book, what I really wanted to do was to show people that their immune system is not necessarily all weak or all, all bad. It just may be that it's imbalanced, that maybe things that they're doing day to day with their lifestyle, or maybe things that have happened to them have caused their immune system to become imbalanced. And so they end up having symptoms and diseases. And so really you have to go to the core, you have to go to the root problem and sort of look inside the body, look at the cells, look at um, you know some, some more intensive types of tests and figure out what is out of balance. And then you can work on that through lifestyle changes and, and diet and and sleep and exercise, et cetera, so that their immune system is much more healthy. Yeah, and I like the fact that you brought up of looking at the root cause. So many times in medicine, everything is just focused on symptoms, side effects of things, uh, and a lot of lifestyle uh, issues are not actually addressed. And of course, you know, in the medical field, when it comes to a general practitioner, you may sit in the uh, waiting room for an hour, but you only get to see the doctor for an average of seven, maybe 10 minutes. But then in functional medicine, sometimes you get to see the patient as much as an hour to really grasp what is going on. So let me ask you this because uh, your book brings up so many elements here. So how does our personal environment directly impact our immunity, especially today? In many ways. And so, you know, just in terms of physical environment, let's talk about that. So, you know, everything that we touch, that we eat, that we breathe 
affects our immune system because it comes in and it'll, you know, our immune system has to react to it. It has to decide whether something is friendly, whether it's dangerous, whether it has to create an inflammatory response to get rid of it. And so, you know, the food that we eat is information. The things that we drink are information. Even the the beauty products and the things that we use to clean our homes, that's also information because, you know, we can absorb that stuff. We can breathe it in as, as aerosols. So that's one thing, if you just want to sort of talk about food and, and toxins. Um, the other thing also is, you know, how we sleep, our exposure to, to light. Um, really, all of those things are, I consider to be part of our physical environment. And that also changes how our immune system works because it interferes with uh, light and dark cycles, which you know sort of change our stress hormones. There's lots of things that go into our immune system we don't really think about on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm noticing a lot more, and and with more doctors, uh, especially that I'm talking to recently, a lot of people bring up the fact that too many people are on their smartphones at the same time of watching a large screen TV, and there's so mm -hmm. much blue light in their Absolutely. environment in the evening, it disrupts their sleep cycles, which we both know can weaken immunity over time. Absolutely. And, you know, it's become such part of the norm that it's a, it's a hard habit to break. And, you know, also many of us work from home. And so we're on computers all day long. And that emits a tremendous amount of blue light. And like you just mentioned, we're either on iPads or phones, and then of course, you know, big screen TVs. And human bodies were never meant to, to get that um, exposure to blue light. You know, during the day with daylight, we're exposed to a broad spectrum. I mean, everyone sort of remembers in, in school learning about the spectrum of light and the rainbow. And blue light is only one little aspect of that. And as we, you know, get to nighttime, we really shouldn't have that blue light exposure because it shuts off a very important hormone called, um, I mean, it turns down something called melatonin. It's a very important hormone. And melatonin is what helps us get into a sleep cycle. And it's also a really important part of our immune system. And so by shortchanging that melatonin, we shortchange our sleep. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've read in research is that blue light, especially with smartphones in the evening, can block as much as 40% of the melatonin that should be released in, into our system. Um, and since you deal with so many patients on a broad spectrum, and we're talking about the immune system, I mm -hmm. guess one of the most important things we need to cover is what are some of the foods that we should remove from our diet so we can improve our immune system? Right. So, you know, I think of you know, when we're trying to help our immune system with food, there's the things we want to remove and then there's the things we want to add. But I would say the biggest detractor to our immune system is sugar. So, you know, and we Americans love our sugar. The amount of sugar that we have increased in our diets even like the past 20 to 30 years is unbelievable. You know, even back in the 70s, you know, we used to eat just maybe a few teaspoons of sugar a day. Now it's like, you know, 20, 30, 40 teaspoons of sugar. And it's because it's in a lot of our food processed and sugar. What it does, is most people know it, it can be very damaging to our blood vessels, especially if you're, you're diabetic or even pre-diabetic. 
can damage blood vessels, um, which causes heart disease, stroke, um, blindness, all sorts of things like that. But it also drives up our insulin, which is a hormone. And insulin, when it's high, we don't want to burn fat. Our body doesn't burn fat, so it creates an obesity problem. And unfortunately, excess fat, not just a little bit of fat, but like excess fat is very inflammatory in the system. So sugar is the first that has to go, number one, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, I would say things like processed oils, um, oh. you know, a lot of the oils that we fry food in. So fried food should go because you never know what they're frying your food in. Um, but industrial seed oil is very inflammatory. Uh, people should, you know, really need to stick to. Uh, to plant oils, or if they're using animal-based oils, they have to be, you know, organic and and uh, you know, uh, just less inflammatory. And of course, omega-3 fatty acids from fish are a really great thing to keep in your diet too. So, so what else do you see that you know, you know, sugar's number one. It, it and a lot of people don't realize that when we talk about sugar, it's not just the white sugar we, we were talking about. Right. We're talking about hidden sugars in hidden so sugars, many processed yeah. foods. And you know, you brought up the fact that. I mean, decades ago, it was only a couple of teaspoons per mm -hmm. day that we would probably get. The last uh, thing that I have read is that we're up to 250 pounds of sugar per person per year. So we're actually swallowing a whole nother person that's damaging every area of our body. And like you said, sugar is number one detriment to our immune system. Uh, Besides mm -hmm. foods, and I, and I love the fact that you brought up the omega-3s because, you know, sugar causes the inflammatory, uh, the inflammation to increase, the, the oils, and I'm glad you brought that up because so many people keep forgetting about all of these cooking oils that restaurants use. We have no clue what type of oils mm -hmm. that they use. A lot of them are cancer-causing, mm -hmm. uh, very, very high on the inflam inflammatory list. And of course, the omega threes yes. helps to counteract that. Counteract that. What are some of the other types of habits that we should be removing, as well as adding, so we can improve our immunity? <laughs> yeah. So you know, you mentioned, of course, uh, scrolling on your phones, and so I'm a big proponent of people really taking at least the hour before bed, if not two hours before bed and shutting down all of our electronics. And if you absolutely have to be working for some reason, you can use blue light blocking glasses um, if you have to, to use a screen. Um, the other thing, of course, is keeping just regular, <laughs> keeping regular hours. It's, it's really been shown that if you can get if you can get some sleep before midnight, um, ideally, if you can get to bed, you know, by 10 o'clock or so, we get more deep sleep cycles earlier in the evening versus later. So if you miss those two to three hours, our body doesn't really go into the deep sleep cycles, which are really important for immune function and also for restoration of our physical body. We might still get the REM sleep, which is more related to dreams and downloading memories, but those, those tend to occur later on in the evening. So you're shortchanging yourself by being, you know, staying up past midnight or one. Um, of course, a lot of toxins that we eat. So a lot of alcohol, especially around the end of the year, um, people tend to really overindulge sometimes. They're they're drinkers, uh, and you know that is is toxic. The body has to deal with that, and so you know that is something people need to really think about because uh, it does you know can damage your immune cells over time. And then I would say that being sedentary, so. You know, they've been saying lately that sitting is the new smoking. I mean, 
you know, smoking's an obvious thing. You're going to take out smoking. That's a, a no-brainer. But even just being sedentary uh, is problematic. So um, those are things that I would, you know, really emphasize. Yeah, you know, uh, for a lot of people, you know, sedentary, you know, like you said, it is like the new smoking. I think more people sit longer than ever before. And, you know, I've read studies to where if you're going to, if you're in the office or you do have a type of lifestyle, lifestyle that causes you to sit a long periods of time. A lot of us are in the front of the computer for hours and hours to basically Absolutely. get up once an hour for at least five to 10 minutes and, and move mm -hmm. around. I mean, I actually uh, have a set of just 10 pound dumbbells in my office. So that way I can yeah. get up once an hour and at least move my arms, do some type of activity just to get the blood flowing. And at the same time, uh, add, add life to life, so to speak, because sedentary mm -hmm. is is very very dangerous. Now, mm -hmm. for this year alone, doctor, you know the immune system has really been on everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. But because of the world today and all of the the information that keeps just coming in at us, it's so negative. But right. how does stress affect the body, <laughs> and what can we do? to lower it so we can improve the function of our immune system. So we've known for a time um, that chronic stress, uh, whether that's emotional or even physical stress, um, actually is very detrimental to our immune system. Short-term stress can actually be helpful. So for example, uh, think about like doing sprints, right? <laughs> doing something, taking like a cold shower. Um, a lot of those things like short-term stressors are actually good for the body, but when it becomes long-term, what happens is the hormone that we release with stress called cortisol sort of flips. It becomes more immune suppressive and at the same time, more inflammatory. So what I mean by that is that it can impact how well we actually make say antibodies so it affects certain cells that create antibodies and so it can blunt that it also blunts the activity of another type of um, immune cell called a t-cell so it makes it less active and they've they've shown this in studies and um, it also can impair our gut barrier so it can sort of make our gut barrier a little bit more permeable which we don't want we call that leaky gut so chronic stress is bad, <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of us are under a lot of stress for lots of different reasons. And so sometimes you can't handle the stress, but what you can do is you can control how your body reacts to it. And that's where, you know, the daily self-care comes in, not just like once a week or once every two weeks, but whether it's journaling, whether it's prayer, whether it's, um, you know, doing something like meditation or, um, you know, anything like that, but checking in with yourself, doing breathing exercises once a day, twice a day, if you can sort of reframing also your mindset, uh, can be really helpful, but it has to be sort of done consistently. Yeah. Um, but that's been shown to really help because what happens is when you have the stir, when it occurs, you can instantly, sort of change how your body physically reacts to it. And, and now over time you get better and better at that. So we can really change our response to stress. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up breathing because I'm a strong proponent for people to start doing breathing exercises. It is so mm -hmm. great for the immune system 
it can definitely help lower stress. But a lot of people don't realize that throughout the day, if they're actually mindful of their breathing, a lot of people find out that they barely take a breath inward. It's, it's so shallow. I wonder how most people are even, even alive today. That's how horrible breathing has become. But, you know, you know, uh, experts when it comes to breathing can do breathing exercises for as long as 45 minutes, which that mm -hmm. alone re-energizes the body, lowers the stress hormones. And you brought something up about cortisol that I never thought about, you know, the, the T cells, but also being a major cause for leaky gut syndrome. You know, I mm -hmm. always looked at diet when it came to causing leaky gut, but cortisol completely makes sense because uh, irritable bowel syndrome, it's 95% yeah. of the causes is actual stress. So mm -hmm. that completely makes sense. So ladies and gentlemen, you just got taught today from the doctor here. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, sure. In your book, The Immunotype Breakthrough, do you uh, walk the reader through uh, maybe a step-by-step -step type of plan to help improve the immune system? Yeah. So, you know, what, what I created were sort of four quizzes that people can sort of assess where they are in these four types. And there's definitely overlap. I mean, it's not black and white, but most people will find after they perform the test that they may tend to, um, they may be in one or two types mostly. And why that's important is that we can, our immune system can be dysregulated in many different directions. And so, you know, you can have autoimmune disease, you can have allergy, you can have just outright inflammation, you can have a weakened immune response. So by identifying where you were, where you sort of are, I have different chapters on each type and the things that you can do you know, there's definitely things that are great for everyone. Like everyone deserves and does well with a good night's sleep, right? But there's some immunotypes that actually it's it's extremely important. And that might be the first thing that they work on. Or there might be certain foods or supplements that are particularly good for that type based on the types of cells that we want to uh, improve or their function. So yes, absolutely. It can give them, um, you know, some guidelines and a roadmap uh, to start on. So does your book explain to the reader the difference between a weak immune system versus those that may have an autoimmune condition? And if you could real quick for all of us, could you explain to the viewer and the listeners the difference between a weak immune system plus those that have an autoimmune condition? Absolutely. So not everybody with autoimmunity has really a weakened immune response. When I think of a weak immune response, these are people who... Uh, tend to get infections very quickly. So they, they'll pick up upper respiratory viral infections. They might pick up food poisoning very easily from bacterial things that they eat. You know, uh, they have trouble clearing infections or they might have an infection for a long period of time. So that's more of a weakened immune response. And a lot of times their, their white blood cells may be a little bit lower. They may not have great immune responses with antibody production. Whereas people with autoimmune disease, what's happening there is they're making appropriate antibodies and appropriate responses to things like bacteria and viruses, parasites, et cetera. But the, in addition, some things happen to confuse their immune system so that it becomes misguided. And so they actually create um, uh, cell responses and sometimes antibody responses against their own tissue. And so classic diseases like this would be rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, um, 
psoriasis is another one, different kinds of thyroid disease. So there's many of them. There's probably about a hundred different autoimmune diseases. Um, but that's the difference. Wow. You know, especially in this day and age, you know, to know the difference between a weak immune system as well as an autoimmune condition. So ladies and gentlemen, you know, Dr. Moday's book, The Immunotype Breakthrough, for those of you who are dealing with multiple issues and you're wondering what the actual problem is, this is the type of book that I would encourage you to read. And because the immune system is at the top of everybody's list of discussion, especially for the last two years. So this is the type of book that you want to have in your wellness library at home. So doctor, let me ask you this because you are an allergist as well. And mm -hmm. it seems like the allergy seasons never seem <laughs> to end anymore. So how can we boost our immunity year around and also for all, all of us who actually travel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it really depends on what your allergic response is to. Many people develop allergic reactions, not only to seasonal things like pollen, grasses, ragweed, but also to things like cats, dogs, dust mites. And so you really get this perennial reaction. So there are some things that you can do on the cellular level to change or to downplay some of the responses that we have. Um, a lot of allergic responses are due to um, a chemical called histamine. Uh, and most people know when they take antihistamines, but you can actually take things that can decrease histamine reactions at the cell level, which don't do the same types of side effects. The other thing that we found is that there's a lot of cross-reactivity with um, gut bacteria and food allergies or what we call food sensitivities. And oftentimes by doing an elimination diet and removing foods that might be more inflammatory for 30 days, um, people find that their allergies actually improves. They're less congested um, just because overall their inflammation is less. And so that's that's always a good thing to do. You can do that by yourself. You can do it with a dietitian, nutritionist. Um, and then also just really beefing up your gut bacteria and making it healthier. So eating fermented foods, taking probiotics. That's also been shown to help um, um, alleviate some allergy symptoms. Well, explain to the viewers and listeners for us very quickly. A lot of people actually do not know the difference between a food allergy and a food sensitivity. And since that's your area of expertise, could you kind of walk sure. us through real quick that, so we can know, yeah. know what the differences are? Absolutely. So when we talk about a food allergy, we're talking about a very specific reaction. Um, this is the type of reaction that it's almost, it's immediate. So let's just say, for example, someone's allergic to peanuts um, and they eat a peanut and anywhere within a few seconds to maybe within you know 20 minutes, they will develop um, a reaction that might be systemic. So it might, it might not just react like sneezing or runny nose or itchiness, but people might have difficulty breathing, hives. So it's really the underlying mechanisms that cause that. So it's this massive um, uh, amount of histamine that gets released. People's blood pressures can drop. It can be life-threatening. Whereas a food sensitivity is much more nuanced. Um, it's not quite as severe. Um, sometimes it's very delayed. Um, the reactions could be things like a headache or joint aches. It can occur to, you know, 24 hours later. And um, totally different kinds of cells and antibodies are um, uh, active in these two reactions. And so, um, you know, they're both important, but, you know, when you're allergic to a food, um, a truly allergic, that you absolutely have to avoid. You have to carry an EpiPen. 
when you have food sensitivities, you also should avoid them, but it's, it's more like, it's going to give you more uh, issues that are much more subtle uh, that you may not identify as being allergic uh, because it doesn't, you know, it may be a headache or joint pain. Yeah. You know, I tell people one of the smartest things for all, all of us to do, especially if you're dealing with health issues, is to start a food journal and start mm, tracking because, you know, with food sensitivities, people, the general public kind of looks at food as a whole. Instead of mm-hmm. if you looked at, let's say uh, you looked at lasagna, there are multiple ingredients there. Maybe it's not the tomato sauce that's bothering you. Maybe it's one of the spices that actually bothers you. And you have mm-hmm. to track that to, to see what's going on. Yeah. And I think a food journal is uh, something that a lot of people should be doing if they're dealing with multiple health issues. Now, for all of my viewers and listeners, where can they get a copy of your brand new book, The Immunotype Breakthrough? <laughs> So it is uh, available at all major book retailers. So, you know, whichever ones you choose, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, and then, of course, if you love to shop at independent bookstores, um, you can also ask them to order it for you. Um, and it's available as of December uh, 21st. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited and I hope people really enjoy it. Yeah, it's definitely needed. Uh, it's definitely the subject that we need today, especially for all of us to uh, find that healthy breakthrough that you're going to walk us through in this amazing brand new book. And for for all of the viewers and listeners who want to know more about you, uh, what is your website that they can visit? Sure. It's www.modaycenter.com. And if they do go on social media, um, they can also find me on Instagram at the immunity MD. And we do post there uh, regularly with videos and posts that are very educational. So um, they can also follow me there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Dr. Heather Moday in her brand new book, The Immunotype of Breakthrough. Again, available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever books are sold. And as the doctor has told us, if you have a local bookstore, go in there, ask them to order it for you. And for those of you who are, are wondering, and you always ask me questions every week about your immune system, well, guess what? This is now your resource. The Immunotype Breakthrough is a perfect resource to learn about your immune system, things to avoid, things to do. But I can tell you one thing, once you get through all the sections of that book, you should be very well educated, and at the same time, as long as you follow Dr. Moday's orders, your immune system should be very well balanced. And again, if you have any questions, you can definitely go to her website and connect with Dr. Heather Moday. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for sharing us your knowledge and uh, your time today with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was really wonderful to um, to you know meet with all your viewers. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, You're very, very welcome. And again, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Heather Moday, her brand new book, The Immunotype of Breakthrough. It's the one you need in your wellness library at home. And of course, please read that book. There's so much in there that you're going to benefit from. Share with your family and your friends because health is something we want to pay attention to every single day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, stick with me because I'm going to be right back after these messages.